What's up, people? Brody. And Jenna. <sighs> wow. AKA Snack Bag. Yep. We got episode 121. Yep. One more than last week. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. This is going to be a different, different format. Jenna was late today. Okay. <laughs> just, First of all. I'm kidding. Don't, we don't have to go down that road. Yeah, we're going to go down that road. No. Yeah, you brought it up. Brody's literally late to everything. We'll be like ready to leave not, for a competition. Not, and not it, no, that, no, you can't put that one on me. I'm not late to everything. Now, I am actually not always prompt unless I have to be. You're literally late to everything. Was I late today? Okay, except for today. But it's part of everything. Oh, my God. That's, that's what I always love when someone says everything, and it's not everything because I just, I just say. Every day but today. That's not true. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I beat you here. When we had a set time. You hear crickets? I did. Yeah, because I don't ever remember that. I think you just made it up. No. Here, drink. That's two. Two drinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, two and a half if you count your coffee. We're not even talking about that. Jenna stopped drinking coffee. Uh, she's become a hippie, I believe. The hippies drink coffee, so. No, I haven't. Anyways, um, this episode is going to be called Never Stop. And why it's going to be different is because we're just going to bring up some random things and kind of talk about... How we always give up on ourselves way too easy, and uh, why we shouldn't. Uh, other than that, how's the house? It's good. Feel weird living alone, no distractions, minus your plants. You're a plant lady. Mm, no, not really, but I am sleeping a lot better. Do your plants talk to you? Do mm-hmm. you talk to your plants? Sometimes. Do you honestly talk to your plants? No, I don't talk to my plants. I talk to my dog a lot though. I'm like, he's such a good girl. He's a good girl. And then she looks at me. But it's funny because, like. You know they don't know what you're saying, right? Like, she totally knows what I'm saying. No, like, scientifically, they don't know. No, like, I know that she knows what I'm saying. Okay. (laughs) Like, today. I want you to use the same tone next time. I'm going to talk to you. And go. Who's a good geese? Yeah, but use the word broccoli. Who's a good broccoli? Yeah. Why? They'll react the same. (laughs) <laughs> I don't. I be- Dogs definitely know. She has like human eyes. You know, I I listened to this podcast that it, this guy. Oh. That's what you used to do anytime I told you I listened to a different. But I also listen to ours. There's a difference. <laughs> do you still? Yeah, absolutely. I every, definitely don't. Every single time. Not not now sure that not, they're three hours long. I can't. have to make sure they're not messed up. Mm. Got a new editor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he trains dogs all over the world but trains very elite dogs as well mm-hmm. and uh he actually had Jocko try this that he's telling Jocko they don't this dog does not know anything that you're saying so he gave him a said next time you talk to him use the word broccoli but use it in the same tone and they're going to react the same and yep sure enough so it calls him broccoli their dog and it responds right to the owner broccoli like that, they come because it's in the tone. Mm. Yeah. So. Well, whatever. 
I told her to be a good girl and go lay in the bed, and she goes up there and lays in the and bed. And it's the tone. You're right. It's the tone. How does she know when I say to go lay in her bed, and then she goes and lays in her bed? Because you say it in the same tone. If you use something like, go pick up your clothes, she'll get in the damn bed <laughs> if you use the same tone. I'm telling I feel you. like it's all the same tone. It's just very it's high-pitched. Your dog knows the tones, and those are a reward, too. I've been studying dogs a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I can always tell when you get into an avenue. Yeah. Huh. It's pretty interesting. Well, I'll take a video and call her Broccoli and see what happens. Do it. Broccoli. Her, her little nub will yeah. hey, back and forth. Hey, Broccoli. I guarantee it. Watch. Just do it. Make sure. I mean, you probably won't post it because it's it's so true. I'll post it. Okay. So other than that, how's uh, your house and Broccoli? Good. My trash can's good. <laughs> do you talk to your trash can no but i probably should well you know what else is crappy so oh does the trash can not work as advertised no it does but oh there's a 80 dollar butt i needed a trash can obviously and not 80 dollar trash can so the place that i'm living like they have valet trash in for everybody so they have like a trash can. So like I walk in and there's a trash can in there and I'm like, what the hell? There's a trash can already in here. So I felt like it was, I don't know. But anyways. Felt they, like it was what? Was it creeping on uh, your $80 trash can yeah, space? Yeah. I th- yeah. I was like, what am I supposed to do with this shitty plastic trash can? Yeah. That is holding trash. Yeah. But um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, but it's kind of cool, like the valet trash thing. I've can, never heard of that. Can you set out your $80 trash can? Or you, what, no. What, oh, what do you do then? Like, what do you do with your trash? You put it in the... I transfer it from one awesome, beautiful trash can to the crappy plastic trash can, out, and then I put it outside. I don't want to put my nice trash can outside. Someone will steal that thing. Absolutely. You know what they'll do? They'll sell it. Probably. Absolutely. They'll definitely sell it for $35. And they'll have like a week's worth of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? I was thinking about that. How much money we're probably saving. Who? Not drinking all this coffee. I just bought a $20 jug yesterday for myself. And little sips for me. Mm-mm. You don't get any of this. Nope. You get no coffee. You get no jug. You're on my blacklist. <clears throat> Dang. Seriously. Guys, I'm looking for a new coffee companion. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> So, we're, like, way post-shutdown, right? Have you, like, have you started getting back into a groove at all? <laughs> he has the biggest <laughs> smirk on his face. Because, uh, yeah, we've been, I've been working out a lot, actually. <laughs> why, why do you have that weird tone in your, where's that twang in your voice for? <laughs> That's just part of who I am. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I would say re- half hipster, half hillbilly. Let me repeat the question. So we were post shutdown like a while now, a couple months. Has things went back to normal for you inside the gym? Yep. Okay. It feels real sturdy. You can't even say it without laughing. Because <laughs> I know that you don't think that. I don't. It's not that I don't think it. I know it. No. First of all, it's been hot as crap. It's a rhetorical question. Jenna. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's hot. Yep. Yep, it's hot outside. 
So after I already sweat my ass off during one workout and I feel like I'm going to die, literally, then you want me to go do extra work in direct sunlight outside, go run a mile. No, not training for anything. Yeah. So obviously Jenna's still in quarantine <laughs> mode and bitch ass mode because, um, you know what? If it was fall, it would be different. That's bull- I would no. It's yes, a, it, no. It's such bullshit. Don't ask me a question and then tell me. It's bullshit. You're lying. No, That's I'm not. not. Yeah, you are. You absolutely are. No, I'm really not. Yeah, you are. So, oh, <laughs> this is how we're starting it off. It all. It's all part of the thing. Oh, okay. Um. So. Jenna's like hot and uh, and she's blaming the heat, but in reality, she's just fucking out of shape. That's how I feel. No, you're trying to it's tell the hot. It's ninety degrees. For then everybody. when it feels like ninety five, yeah, we're all dying. Yeah, but extra work still gets done. Yeah, maybe for a few. Yep. Well, that's not me. It can be, but I'm just saying it's the heat. Everybody has the same heat. I don't really care. Ooh, and there it is. So it only took about three minutes to dig that little <laughs> nugget out of there. She just doesn't care. And No, I don't care that other people are doing it. It's hot. I don't want to do it. That that's still that's a great answer. <laughs> oh my god. So, this is why I didn't put anything on transcript. Jenna would have read ahead and then had to take a pee break or something. No, um, I'm not trying to put her on blast, like, but I am trying to put her on blast. But at the same time, this all goes into kind of like today's topic. And uh, I've been talking smack to Jenna for a few days now. And, you know, the topic of never stop is is something I think we – as CrossFitters, um, kind of take advantage of where we get comfortable with where we're at and we think that it's enough, but in the moment, that's how we feel. But when you get someone like me, I see on the outside that Jenna is not hitting it, hitting it the same and she's not doing this and not doing that. And you see that yeah, you feel like you're in shape, but you're not in shape. And it's not just her. It's it's me. It's There's other people in the gym. Uh, this quarantine really kind of hit a huge and hard reset button, not just for our gym. I think across the board, though, like it's almost like we got lazy, quite honestly. That's that's if I had to put one word on it, and that's lazy. Um, and we got in the habit of, well, we can work out in the garage, but we don't hit it as hard. Because we're not with people. And, well, I don't feel like working out today. Well, I don't work out today. All right? To where prior to that, you know, not that you had to work out, but you wanted to work out. And, yeah, you were sore. Yes, it's hot out. Oh, my God. Imagine that. It's fucking summer and it's hot out. But we we still did it. We still did these things um, without thinking. And it's not that we have to have something to train for or something to look forward to. I think, yeah, you can ramp your stuff up at that point. I mean, it's not like you have a competition here in a couple weeks but or two competitions or anything like that. But we can ramp it up like that when we need to. But I still truly believe across the board and 
reading people's social media and seeing their posts. I just think people were in, in a rut. And I was actually, I wasn't sure how we would sell Smash Fest because of that. I'm not sure. I would say as a gym, we're not ready to compete like we usually do. And I think it has a lot to do with, obviously, the volume. We've had to ramp this volume up slowly the last you know eight weeks, going through our first strength cycle, going through some safe maxes. We started maxing out our new maxes yesterday, and we'll do it again next week um, and the rest of this week. And, um, so I don't think we're in as good a shape as a gym as we normally are across the board, but it's getting better. People are starting to get stronger again because I think one thing that we found out through the quarantine is you can only, there's only, we only had so much weight. You can only load your CNS for so much and it's going to get accustomed to that. Right. So. Did you feel weaker when you came back? Oh, yeah. What was the hard, like, what was the most discouraging thing for you, like, strength-wise when you came back? Like, what movement? Yeah, like, you're like, holy shit, I have fallen off big time. Um, I feel like, <clears throat> like, anything overhead at first felt really heavy, but yeah, I felt like I, I gained that back faster okay. than, um, like. Because of the push-press program we're on. Yeah, I thought that was really heavy. Yeah, I mean, it felt heavy, but um, I just felt like I got, like, stronger, like, faster with that. But then, like, my snatch is still, like, way off. (laughs) Like, how many pounds? Well, when we did, like, a safe max, I was off by 30 pounds. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, I totally agree. I think, like, the last two weeks, I probably started feeling... A little bit stronger mm-hmm. um you know i just remember we had a we had a barbell cycle at 245 pounds and an amrap here and i never really i don't remember last time i've ever struggled with 245 even in a complex i may not like be the f- fastest at that you know but i'd never struggled and i was on the struggle bus i couldn't believe that something so light in comparison to what what I used to do felt like it was literally every rep was my max. Mm-hmm. It was so discouraging. And uh, when we get back, you know, <clears throat> and even now, like I was just talking with Jenna, I think people are still kind of in this rut. And I want to talk about, you know, we don't, we never should stop. And I think, I feel like for a lot of people, they've like, their priorities have kind of changed though. So it's like, they don't want to spend, they found other things while they've been off that also make them happy. So then, and I'm just talking in general. Yeah. But, so they don't want to spend like forever in the gym, but they still want to come sometimes. I mean, I understand that. I don't think CrossFit should not be the only thing in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it should be a, a big part of it. It ends up being a big part of it, not just not the fitness side, just the 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 support system side. Yeah. Um, you know, they talk about these schools and things that are how critical it is for kids to get back because you know there's there there's fifty percent less reported child abuse cases this time this year from last year. 
well, it's not that they went away. They just stopped going to school and teachers are unable to notice mm-hmm. the, these abuses. So it's very critical to go back to school, right? And, uh, but it's not, not just for the learning. It's child abuse to give them structure, to give them way, a place to get away from their parents because there's really shitty parents out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the number, but uh, these kids, the only time they ever get to eat is at school for breakfast and lunch. Yeah. When uh, I was teaching, I, that was one of the most eye-opening things, especially like if you're from around here, Troy's like not a bad area at all. And so when I was teaching there and that's where I went to school, I just was like, holy shit. It was just so eye-opening how many of these kids have terrible homes and mm-hmm. like I don't, you might not even like be able to tell per se. Um, but like, I remember one girl, she, uh, went, she would keep going down to the office and saying she didn't feel good, but she would only do it like when her mom was off and like, they knew, uh, they asked her like, why do you keep doing that? And it was cause she wanted to spend time with her mom cause her mom was always gone mm-hmm. and she was like a nurse and I think she was like a single parent or something. So, but yeah, it, it is crazy to see can't imagine yeah so you have that it's more than school crossfit it's more than working out and i think you should have other things that you do outside of crossfit obviously um and you know i I, i'll disagree with you i don't i don't think that's the case just from my perspective it just seems people are okay it's not the covid either right now so you know we've taken every precaution that you can take um and we you know, we're not high-fiving, which is still really weird, um, but it's not that anymore. I just think it's – you got to think 70 days of doing something, you can develop a habit, right? Mm-hmm. You smoke for 70 days. What are you going to do after the – are you going to be able to stop after 74 days or 76 days? Probably not. It's going to be pretty challenging, and I think we've become – and we've gotten a habit as humans – where it was like, just I'm speaking for my gym, but I also see others that it was like, you know, hit it hard and want some more. And now I understand that we got to get in better shape, but I just think the mentality of staying at home, people are still working from home, right? You don't have a, uh, what, what is that? A routine. The routine's kind of broken. I think people broke the routine like, Typically, you get up, go to work, or have breakfast, go to work. You have your work day. You're doing your, you know, we've talked about in the nutrition. You do your uh, lunch, and then you do your pre-wad snack. On the way here, you just slam your pre-workout. You come here, you get your mobility, strength, boom, boom, boom. You start getting better, and you start feeling better, and then it's like rinse and repeat. Go home, eat dinner, sleep, shower, all that shit. Or shower, shower than sleep. You can't <laughs> – but uh, – it just seems like people's routine has been broken and we got to get back to that never stop attitude. And because even even at your highest performance, right? You still there were still points you wanted to give up, correct? Mhm. So, that's the caveat to that is that it's not just this, it's not the fucking heat. I've seen Jenna work. I'm just saying it's not it's not just the heat. It's that's just another excuse, in my opinion, of why it's not happening. It's just it doesn't make sense. And but even at your highest peak, and other it's not just you, other athletes, 
highest peak. They're, they're still looking for reasons and ways to get out of certain things or not push or not do this because I don't feel good. My body hurts. I'm tired. I got a lot going on. I'm stressed out, all this stuff. And yes, it does factor into it. But when you are trying to get into, I would say, a groove, get to a specific place, uh, become so fit, um, you that's stuff we have to push through. And if not, we develop this mentality of almost like giving up. Even though we're not giving up because we're still fitter than most, right? Your Your average CrossFitter is probably... 20 times more fit than an average person, right? Your average CrossFitter, an average person who doesn't work out, that just goes through the day, mm-hmm. right? They're definitely 20 times more. That's just a guess. Uh, more fit than the average person who just lives their day, doesn't really work out, not unhealthy, just doesn't work out. You know what I mean? So. What's the hardest part for you? Like, well, let's just talk about now, and then we can talk about some other stuff. Um, what's the hardest part for you to just not tell yourself, okay, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it because I need to. What's What's so hard about that? I do that because Me- I don't even want to work out, <laughs> but I do anyways. Okay, so you do that, but let's let's talk about that then. Okay, then we can go to the next step. And I'm not picking on you, but you're just here in front of me. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I'm not. <laughs> you know when I'm picking on you. Um, believe it or not, people like your insight, which I will never understand. But Team Jenna has a strong following, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, it's hard for you to want to work out now, but you make yourself do it. Why? Because I know I need to, and I know... Why do you need to, though? Mentally, socially, it would be easy for me to just stay at home and lay on the couch all day. Okay. Like, and then I would get into a bad habit of doing that, and, like, humans are meant to socialize, obviously, and get out like I need to get out. So you, I just have to make myself do that, even if I don't feel that great, because I've had terrible allergies for the last two weeks, <laughs> or more. Yeah. Um. So honestly, I really haven't felt that great, but I'm like, you, can, you're fine. You can do it. Just go anyways. Okay. So prior to shutdown, you weren't like that. I wasn't like what that. What you just yeah. Said. I'm out of a. I'm my whole entire life just changed. <laughs> Like, I think it's different if you're doing the same thing all the time. I would wake up, come here, work a little bit, then work out, go work more, or go home and work more. And now it's different because I live in a different space. I have my dog. I, my whole routine is a little bit different. Okay. Even, even especially for me, like... It's like the smallest thing that will get out of routine, and I don't know if it's just because of like anxiety stuff, but like even just the fact that my drive is different is weird for me. Like I feel weird. And I I will never argue that, but I will argue the point of how long have you lived there? A week. Okay, but this was happening before then. This this routine that you're talking about was happening before then. You know, I've only recently started busting your ass just 
talking smack, really. And I'm trying to little give a little, come on, Bessie, and get going. And But you've been like this since the sh- we got back from the shutdown. I was doing extra work. Yeah, but not not you weren't doing the same. Like, and I think you just tapped on your routine. Completely has changed. Like, I definitely understand. Like, you you handle stress well. You ha- you handle change well. You handle anxiety well. But jokingly, I can understand the move. Right, that's a whole new thing for you. That's a whole new a- adaptation. Um, and it's something. It's almost like. Um, Say when you compete, right? Um, and let's say back in the day when you used to compete, and like you train every day, and you always did the extra work. <laughs> um, no, when you when you're like that, once you get done with that competition, doesn't it feel like like a weight off the shoulder, or like like you can sigh and relieve, like you just did all this work for this specific moment, and it's over. Do you ever feel that way? Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? You know, like you're you're trying to peak and you finally get there and you you do whatever. I feel like you, I was just like the same fitness level though. You weren't. Well, when you're trying to peak and you get there and you do whatever you're trying to peak for, whatever competition or whatever thing in life, it could be a test. Once you get there and it's done, it's like, oh my god! Like you just, it's like I've been there. You have like an instant flashback of all. The, the time that you spent, all the struggle, all the headaches, all the sacrifice. And that's sometimes when you when you see people become emotional on a podium, it's not because they won. It has nothing to do with winning. It has everything to do that they're having that, that moment right then and there. Because I've been there. You literally, it's like not your life flashing before your eyes, but everything you've done the last you know, six to eight weeks is just like hits you all at once. And it's just overwhelming. Like as many times as you wanted to quit, as many times you wanted to give up, as many times you didn't want to train, as many times you're tired, sore, you had this come up, life, and you had to get a, a session in at nine o'clock at night because it was the only time you could do it. Or if you, you know, your your work's changed and you got to get here and you got to train at 5 30 a.m you're definitely not a morning trainer but you do it because you know you need to get it done all that sacrifice all that time all that energy all everything it just is gone boom instantly it just floods out of your system and you're overwhelmed with emotion because through all that struggle all that time and god all that energy i mean we're not even, that's just the fitness side. We're not even talking about the food side, the sleep side, the the sacrifice on social life side. It's all gone and you now what? Now what, right? You you just did this. You accomplished what your goal was and that was the podium or win. That all hits you right on the podium because it's surreal like holy shit, it did happen. And then it's gone. Mm-hmm. it's gone right then and there and this is where you see athletes struggle right a lot of times they want to get right back after it because they want that same euphoria that same sensation that 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 they just had for 30 seconds 
out of the last six to eight weeks. They get all that emotion and because they never stopped throughout this entire process. And it doesn't have to be CrossFit games. It doesn't have to be a local competition. It could be your apartment, right? How long have you been working to get your own spot? Like years. Years, right? And and not too long ago, Jenna didn't even know how to do her own budget. Mm-hmm. Right? She didn't even know what one really was. You know, everybody knows what a budget is. She couldn't afford food. Yep. Because you started your own business, and that's tough. Right? You took a hobby and turned it into a profession. Your desire didn't change from wanting to have your own spot. Right? Mm-hmm. Even though you couldn't afford it. You made the best choice for you to get to where you want the sacrifice of you lived with your mom. Not that you wanted to. But it was the obviously the best choice. Why? Pay down your debt. About pay off your car. Mm-hmm. Saved up all this money. And it's been a couple of years, right? That's mm-hmm. a long sacrifice. We're not talking six or eight weeks. That's two years. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of sacrifice. That's a lot of energy of being in a freaking, how big was your room? Small. Like, just give me an estimate of feet, like eight by eight, ten by ten. Oh, I don't so know. Is it as big as this lobby? Yeah, probably. So this is probably a twelve by twelve foot by maybe eight foot, maybe. Yeah, it was pretty small. And that's including I can imagine you got a bed I in had here. Two dogs. Two dogs, a bed, a cage. Two cages. Two cages. And basically, you had about four foot of space for you and your laptop. Yep. Why well, I wouldn't be on my bed editing. Does that make you emotional? Um, to think about? A little bit. It just kind of doesn't feel real. <laughs> like, I saw, like, being in my place now, it just doesn't really feel like it's, like, my own. Like, I feel like, like I bought all this stuff. And that just is weird. And that to trash me. can. Yeah, and that trash can. Like, it just feels weird. Doesn't really. Because that's the first time that I've been able to, like, buy my, my own things. So. Because for a long time, you struggled with independence. Mm hmm. And that's a whole process in its own. Yeah. And. Did you feel accomplished? Like, that you. The day that you. Like day or the week or even the week after moving, did you feel any sort of sense of accomplishment for any period of time? Maybe a little bit, but honestly, it just doesn't, I have like a hard time fathoming some things and like letting it process for some reason. Like whether it's like random things like good or bad, but, um, it just like, like I said, it still doesn't totally feel real that that's like my place. And, but then I think, like, as humans, or maybe not, or maybe it's just me, but then I'm like, 
you second guess yourself like can i afford this or like mm-hmm. you know and then i'm like shit what if i can't but i know that i can but it just like you still doubt, you, you d- doubting yourself holy shit no way yeah like in the back of your mind you're just like shit, shit can i like even afford this please and that's the thing right because jenna i know jenna really well and it's been really cool to see her go from X to now and everything in between. And I've seen the struggles. I've seen the hardships. I've seen the not the best living conditions, right? You know, with, you know, her and mom isn't like pen pals. But, you know what I mean? That makes it even more challenging, right? Because you have someone who's in their 20s, you got the mom, and then, like, you're not a a teenager anymore, right? And you're not at home in a teenager where it's different, right? Yeah, no one one does good living. Honestly, I think with, like, pretty much anybody, whether it's a roommate or family, um, but I am super grateful for my parents for letting me even stay there. Absolutely. For, for because that. That, in return, it messes their life up too a little bit. Not yeah. in a bad way, but it's... Well, just, I messed their routine up in the, the space that they have. Like, my mom had to put all of her clothes into the closet in the hallway. Like, so, let's flip it. Imagine someone's moving in with you right now. That's your, yeah. Say it's your mom. And you now you only get a fraction yeah. of your house. Yeah. So, and they so, were, like, excited for me to leave. But my mom was, like, really upset too. Not upset but like sad um but through all that like you could have given up so many times and what stopped you from giving up literally what stopped you from giving up and just scrapping the freaking the business because that's hard on its own we're not even talking about that yeah uh and because if you've never been a small business owner the peaks and valleys are very high and very very low yeah, I think I'm in a valley you, right now. <laughs> and if and if you if you ride those roller coaster of the peaks and valleys, you'll you will not survive as a business. You have to literally just stay on your own ride, on your own course, and just watch that, you know, other ride go up and down, up and down. Because if you get stuck in that, um, you're not going to do well. You're not going to come out well, especially coming off of COVID. For gym owners, uh, you know, it's. It's it's not really the COVID that messed up the gyms. I oh I already had accounted that we're going to lose over twenty thousand dollars the five months post shutdown, and that's the truth. That's just the reality. So even for me, it's like you know, step back in. You're like, holy crap! Like, yep, this is actually happening. You can you can say, well, I'm going to plan for this, and like maybe it won't happen, but I'm going to plan for it. And yeah, then, but do you ever like? One of the biggest things I I'm like a big Dave Ramsey person, um, but yeah, I don't I know who he, I don't I've never listened to his stuff. Though. He just he's very to the point when it comes to the, like financial financial stuff and like people living way above their means and trying to like impress people um, with just stuff that they get so far into debt for. It's like insane. Like some of the people that he has like they'll call in sometimes. But it's just crazy. But anyways, um, I was, like, thinking about how many people probably have, like, 
under $500 in their savings and then we got shut down. Like they're probably shitting their pants because it's not like in school you're not like taught to save. That's like a parent thing. And my parents never really like taught me financial things. Not probably, I don't don't know. A lot of people just don't have that knowledge, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but my brother tried a little bit, but he like, same thing. He just listened to Dave Ramsey, but you know, I forget the percentage. It's very high. Say it's 60 or 70%. might be even higher than that of people who live paycheck to paycheck still. Yeah. Um, But the right, it it could devastate you. But I have never had that mentality. I could have, I could have negative a thousand dollars, and oh, I have a five thousand dollar bill coming up. I'm gonna figure it out, and it's due in ten days. Mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. Like I don't care. Like I'm not gonna, you know, I'll sling some crack or something if I got to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I. To me, that's where I never stop. I don't. I don't care if I don't care what situation i am am in it literally could be life or death i could have everything stacked against me could be me versus 10 people and they have weapons and i don't i'm killing one motherfucker i am going to go out and that fucker is going with me i don't care who it is i will kill him them whatever i don't care i'm going to do my best in that situation even if it's a situation that's not winnable i'm still going to come out and I'm going to make my fucking footprint known. Like, all right, I lost, but guess what? My foot's up your ass, and you felt it. Like, Or I'm going to defeat all odds and be victorious. Either way, I'm not going to just, most people would just curl up in a ball and pray to God that they're not going to hurt them as they're coming at you and you're in a corner. Um, no, I'm going to run right at them, motherfucker. I'm killing that first dude, and then that's it. I'd be the person that plays dead on the floor. <laughs> Maybe they won't notice. And then I would, like, sling another body over top of me. <laughs> yeah. That, that's survival, though. That's, there's nothing. That's that's totally. That's the same thing, though. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I think we talked about the Holocaust, about the. Did we talk about that on here? Or? Mm, I don't remember. So, we. I don't know if, if I did, then sorry, but. Uh, listen to a podcast of this. She's now in her 90s, I believe. Um, but she survived the Holocaust. Her and her entire family uh, was shipped to Auschwitz. 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 <laughs> I always say it wrong. Sorry from our German people. But, um, but they were shipped there and she was too young. And they were taking the, the children and the elderly putting them in one line and then people who were able to work in another line, Mm -hmm. the people elderly, the children were being, uh, sent right to the, um, gas chamber. Literally they got off the train cart, went right in the gas chamber. They're dead, whatever. And, uh, her first survival thing was she had to sell that she was older than what she was. So she was like trying like mess with the hair, doing this, doing that. And she lied about her age and everything because she was only like 11 maybe 10 or 11 but she passes 14 or 15 which is a working age and they put her into line to live her actual family went into her whole family died oh just right God. then right then and there right and <clears throat> so she's in with the 
the middle-aged people in the working area, and every day they would do a roll call, okay? They would do a roll call. They'd come out, and out of the roll call, they would look, see who's healthy, who's not, and if you weren't looking healthy, they put you in this line. You're, you, you line up, you go die, literally. So people are like, if it's me and you, Jenna, you go over here, you're healthy, Brody, you look unhealthy because you're about to die. You could no you could no longer service them and work. They put you in this line, okay? She was sent um, as this progressed because you know they weren't eating, uh, they had no water, and she, you know she was just she was literally she said she was almost dead, and uh, she could barely function, and they she was put in the line to go into the gas chamber multiple times, and each time she snuck out of the line. Knowing that if she get she got caught sneaking out of line, she'd be killed, shot in the head, and killed right there in front of everybody. Okay, so we have this choice, and this is where we say never stop. She talked about how she stood there. I'm sorry, no, Jocko talked about how she stood there, and she's in a line of people, knowing that as soon as they walk away, they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Literally, they're going to die. There's no, it's inevitable. You're going to die either way. You're going to die. And what amazed me and also even Jocko on that part was how many people just fucking stayed there? Mm-hmm. How many people just accepted that they're going to die? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm fucking, okay, cool. Let me go in this gas chamber. Or maybe I'll hold my breath. Some stupid, naive bullshit. Maybe someone to give up. Uh, maybe they're just tired of the process. And just like, man, you know what? That's a lot easier than living here another two years. Because at that point, you there's no end in sight. But she snuck out each time. And if she never stuck out, she wouldn't have lived. Period. She was put in the line to die multiple times. But she took that chance of like, I'm going to sneak out of here. And I'm going to go back to my camp without being seen. And if I get caught, I'm dead. But if I do it, I'm going to live. She never stopped. She never stopped wanting to live. Mm-hmm. And then out of 100 people, 99 stopped. They stopped. They gave up. That's so extreme. But we can take lessons like that. Like, it's too hot. But is it really? You could work out. I don't feel good. Well, when you compare me to no fucking German doesn't, dying, <laughs> but that but I'm just saying like we that mentality is the same. It is the freaking same. It is the hundred percent the same, one hundred percent. Because I would rather not be hot and do it than to go do it. I but, don't. I'm ti- I'm tired because I just worked my ass off. I I in to- here. I totally understand, but I think you're missing the point of. We make the choice. Like, if it came down to it, absolutely. Yeah, if I'm going to die, I'll go do it. No, but, but I don't, but like, I'm not going to stress myself out to go do extra work when I don't feel like doing it. And then this ain't just about you. So don't take it personal. I've done it. Everybody does it. Okay, so I'm not attacking you, Hitler. Good <laughs> <laughs> God. But it is a choice. If it comes down to it, right, let's think about task. Something we really don't want to do, but if someone attached $500 to it, we'll go do it. Well, yeah, it doesn't, it's not worth it. Okay, but I'm saying it's still a choice. We're saying that, oh, I don't feel good. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But as soon as we have an incentive tied to it, we go do it. Why are we incentive-based? Should our health, 
our our bodies, our mindset not be the best incentive? Yeah, but okay. We'll talk about me because that's what we were starting to talk about. How is working out and doing extra work? Like, am I not already being healthy by doing one workout? Absolutely. Two, a strength and a workout. Cool. Not yeah. even just extra work. So just because I choose not to do extra work, that means that I'm not healthy. Never said that. I said you're out of shape is what I said. But what am I supposed to be in shape for? Well, there's two things. First, you do have two competitions coming up. Okay? In September. We're, you're literally four weeks away. Yeah. And you're out of shape. Okay, so we already know that the process is a little bit longer, and that's besides the point. Second, you're losing your edge. If if you're if you're gonna, you'll never convince me that. And I see this as a uh, gym owner. Look at people in your life who are successful compared to who are not, and then make a make a connection to: Do they work out? Do they have a routine? Do they? Do they make that sacrifice to push through certain things that are challenging or do they not, right? I think a lot of CrossFitters tend to be successful in life that I've met. People who work out in general daily are successful in life. Mm-hmm. Well, right? it's a mindset thing, pushing through the hard stuff. Yes, and that's what I'm getting at. I'm not saying you're unhealthy. You're uh, uh, 10 times healthier than I am, okay, from resting heart rate to aerobic conditioning to strength per you know body weight for male to female you're way healthier than i am i'm not i'm not doubting your health but you're losing that edge how do we lose the edge we lose the edge by beginning becoming mundane and getting out of a routine which you've admitted a few times and once we get into those bad habits it could be nutrition food uh sleep uh Making excuses, like if you think about, I know people who never used to make excuses, now they make excuses. Well, they never, they started with one excuse and then that one excuse turned to two. Then they're like, okay, well, I can get by with this without being judged now. So I'll just make another excuse because no one's judging me. People who never used to make up excuses or who never lied, they'll, they'll start with one and then it goes to two, then it goes to five, then it comes to a daily fucking habit of them. Same with working out. <clears throat> Your edge isn't fitness, but it is, right? What what does CrossFit do for us? One, on a daily basis, we get to prove to ourselves that we can do more than what our fucking mind is telling us that we can do. Our bodies are only held back by our soft gray matter and between our freaking ears. That's the only thing. Okay, our body literally will shut down and not function when it cannot go anymore. But guess what? Guess what happens? It can go again. It can go more. We just think it can't. You know how hard it is to kill a human? You know how hard it is to kill an animal when you're hunting? Our bodies are remarkable. We're not even tapping into the adrenaline, adrenal side of this, of the fight or flight. Mm-hmm. You get a dose of that. You humans can literally flip over cars, right? I had a I had a kid, childhood kid, uh, grew up with in high school. Uh, he was mowing in the country where we lived, and it was a very we have um, ditches in the country, so you have really, really high grade degrees of ditches. And he's mowing on a oh, a medium sized tractor. Um, 
with a bush hog on the back, like a five foot bush hog. He, it's him, my friend. It, he's on the bank and it tips over and rolls on top of him. And he's screaming and yelling. And this thing weighs, I don't know how many thousands of pounds. His dad, who is five foot six, he was probably 45 or 50, 45 years old at the time, maybe. Doesn't work out, just a farm guy. Under the stress and panic of his son being in grave danger, he picked up the whole side of that tractor so his son could slide out <clears throat> from crazy. underneath it. And he tore his back up, but he didn't feel it the whole time. He was literally, his back was really never the same after that. He, I remember his back was ridiculously torched, but he was able to tap into that like abnormal strength that we have because it was he thought his son was going to die yeah. at the sacrifice of his back. But at the time, his back, he didn't even feel it in his back, mm-hmm. but he, he saved his son. That's so crazy. <clears throat> so we're not even talking about tapping into that, right? So yeah, if our life's on the line, we're definitely going to do anything to freaking survive typically unless you're going to curl up in a ball like you said right when, when we're faced with certain things we get so much more out of ourselves but the sad thing is we have the same ability daily mm-hmm. we don't have to have anything attached to that oh my god it is hot but what if you said I want some more I don't I'm just saying <laughs> Well, how's that going to change? It's going to change. I I just like right now. I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you're you. You're saying it's hot. I'm just talking as an excuse as it's hot. But what if we said, I want some more? What's that do to our brain? We've talked about this in another podcast. If we go through something and have a positive mindset, we're going to get a positive result. As soon as we enter and allow the one sliver of doubt of negativity get inside our brain, we're going to have a negative result because now it's going to pull us away from what we can accomplish, but we're stopping ourselves by labeling labeling this with a negative mindset, negative result, a negative thought process. I can promise you that without a doubt, if you studied someone and over a broad time and you've seen that you allowed them to have a negative mindset or a positive mindset on their own, I bet you, my God, the under the same conditions, the same type of workout, the same stress on their body, if they said, I'm going to crush this or it's so hot, I can't do this, they're going to perform even at a high level when the elements are hot, when they're tired, when they don't feel good, whatever, they're still going to perform at a high level. It's just our brain. Our body's good to go. It's our brain that's really shutting our body down. And you talked about this actually in the Instagram thing yesterday. You know, someone sent a message. How do you push through it? Right? Because we've all been there as CrossFitters, as people that does fitness. How do you push through it? How many times have you seen people not push through it when you're watching class? Have you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Right then and there, boom. It's the last two minutes, the last 90 seconds, the last 30 seconds. We're at an element that we can physically do, and they give up. Mm -hmm. I see it all the time. 
I always say you got to push through that wall, right? It's that, it's that invisible wall. You get right up to that point of, man, I don't know if I can do this. My body's just, my legs are burning. Yesterday was a good example of that. Yeah. And um, they stop. And the question was, how do you push through it? Jenna is notorious for going dark on certain aspects of workouts. And that's why I wanted her to answer that. She does it all the time. Mm-hmm. When she chooses to. Have you ever chosen not to? Mm, sure. Yep, you sure have. Sure, it gets in my head. It does. Maybe. I've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, something that pops right off the bat was um, open workout probably two, three years ago. Had to be three years ago. They had still had regionals. And it was the cleans. Yeah, I know. I was going to throw up my gum (laughs) yeah i don't it was like disintegrating in my mouth and Uh so it was disgusting and all i could think about was spitting it out and i just wanted to throw up yeah and i feel you but at the same time when everything is on the line when our bodies are taxed i'm not i wasn't going anywhere just listen when our bodies are taxed our minds are going to look for every excuse to stop. Our body can perform something that looks heavy. Like yesterday, it was back maxing yesterday. I thought it felt heavy. They're like, that looked easy. I seen the videos like, holy hell, that was easy. But when everything is taxed and everything's at its maximum point that we think our body is at the maximum point, it's not even close. We're not even using, I bet you we're not even at 60% max. It's not. Your body can do unbelievable things. Our minds will not allow our bodies to get to that point. But maybe our vertebrae wouldn't like it. That's bullshit. <laughs> Everything is, we're not, we're not, you're not doing things, things that are uh, 110% of your max. Or, I'm just joking. But yeah, I, but that's what people will can say. Oh, I'm going to get hurt. But when our, when our, when our bodies are taxed, our minds are trying to find a way out. Our brains will shut us down. It's not our body. Your body can function. Because if I said, Jenna, do this fucking clean so you can get a higher score, you can check out. But if I said, do this fucking clean and I'll give you $5,000, <laughs> what you going to do? Are you going to worry about your... Oh, sorry, bro. I don't want that 5,000. I got disintegrating gum in my mouth and I'm about to puke. No, you're like, you're going to fucking bite that gum down and you're going to pick that bar up and like, where's my 5K? You will, without a no, doubt. No, you wouldn't give it to me. No, no, without a doubt. you've done this before. Without, without a doubt, though. Without a doubt. Nope. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even worry about your gum. You'd have picked that barbell up and you'd be like, I'm buying some shit. Like I'm buying ten trash cans. Mm-hmm. I'm buying the ten trash cans. I'm buying the highest grade trash can that's on the market. I got. I'm gonna get one that automatically takes it out of my den and goes outside and dumps it into the uh, valet trash compartment and then wheels itself back in here. I'm gonna have the sweetest trash can in the world. I'm gonna have a five thousand dollar trash can. But that's okay. What- I just want to say something really fast because you said den. And I, it's funny because I bet, I just want to know the majority of people that even know what a den is. I wouldn't know if my grandma and my grandpa didn't call theirs a den. 
not funny. Uh, it's just like literally been forever since I've heard of a den. I don't even know why I said it. I know, but that's so it really caught me. I got I got a lot of it in my brain. I just never there's I probably forgotten most stuff and I don't remember very much. That's so weird. But that's the point, right? We we have the op- same opportunity, but when we're when we're faced with a a greater reward, we don't let the excuses fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Well, you like I said, you can tap into that every day of your life, and we don't. You can tap into that all the time, and we don't. Why? Because we feel we're in a society where we need fucking rewards. We want to feel good about doing something that we can already do without needing a reward. Oh my god, it's so hot out. Dude, I'm run a 4x400 with fucking rest in it. Yeah, but you're not going to do it for no reason. Like you got to have some sort of incentive. And maybe the reward is how it makes you feel after. Like yes. that felt good. Absolutely. But or, if I feel like dog shit after or I did something that I didn't want to mm-hmm. and I was okay. Yeah. We have that access. But the society of being always being rewarded, always getting something and requiring. And I'm not saying that that's definitely not who you are. You you don't you don't do things just to get a reward. But the mentality of society is definitely, unfortunately, it, it's going that direction. Like I helped you, so when you helping me, yeah, I helped you move this one time. You're not going to help me move. I don't care if you have a, your kid's last baseball game and you're the coach. Yeah, you're not going to be there for me. You know, those people, we got to get rid of that mentality. We got to get rid of the mentality of, yeah, it's hot, but am I out of shape? You got to come to that realization. Yes, I am. How do I get in shape? By doing the fucking shit that I don't want to do. That's period. That period. That is it. I got to do the stuff that I don't want to do when I don't want to do it. My body doesn't want to do it because it's not your body. I literally can guarantee you right now without a doubt. I could tell you'd run 10 miles and you could run 10 miles. You don't even train for that shit. <laughs> and that's the thing. But we think of 10 miles. Holy hell, that's you got to run from here to Troy. Mm-hmm. That's a long, that's a long jot, <laughs> right? But you can do it. Right. If I, if I said, Hey, you run to Troy. You get $1,000 cash. I'd say I'll drive. <laughs> but that's the only way you get the money. Yeah. Right? Would you Would you get your shoes laced up and get your ass to Troy? Yeah, I would do it. I'd, I'd run. I can't run 10 miles in my brain. I will for 1000 bucks. That's worth, I don't care how long that takes. Eight minutes a mile, 80 minutes. I can sacrifice two hours of my time for $1,000 all day, every day. I mean, I'm just saying. I don't care if people run half marathons in that, you know, that time. I don't care if people run marathons in that time. Mm-hmm. But we limit ourselves because we stop. We don't just give ourselves the benefit of the doubt that we're going to be okay. We bitch out. We find an excuse and we'll say, guess what? We'll do it tomorrow. But what happens when there is no tomorrow? What happens when we're not presented with the same opportunities? Mm-hmm. You've lost a day. This is not just CrossFit. This is not me beating up Jenna, even though I thoroughly enjoy that. Mm -hmm. This is your life. 
I think it's just life. It's it's your life that you're making these conscious decisions and you put shit off and you don't want to do it because you you know we talked about mowing your lawn. What happens if okay it's it's Sunday and you got to mow your lawn. It's a beautiful day out like today, and you know it's been a week. And like I'll just do it tomorrow. Okay, so all right, cool. We've all done that, and then it rains on Monday. All right, like all right, well I'll just get it Tuesday. Tuesday it rains. Well now your shit is freaking really tall. Okay, now you're now you're thinking about how how you have to mow it twice. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll, I'll just hit this Wednesday. It's not supposed to rain. You get held over at work. Now you work until seven thirty, eight o'clock. You haven't even eaten yet. You didn't get dinner because you had to work through. Something came up with your kids. You had to run them there, 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 and there. You go home. Ah, I'll just do it Thursday. Rain's Thursday. Okay, it comes Friday. Oh, I want to go out the. I want to go to the guys or the girls. I want to meet them out for a drink. Set them on the lawn. It's Saturday. I have all day. And then something else comes up. Like we are, we can constantly go down that path in fitness and in life, at work, relationship doesn't matter. There's so many avenues that we can travel down that. We make every excuse, every reason not to do something when we can just knock it out of the fucking park, feel good about ourselves, and move on. But because I don't get anything from mowing my yard but a mowed yard, I don't want to do it. You tie monetary value to that and not a sense of accomplishment. Now, people will take the monetary value over a sense of accomplishment more than not. Right, if you got if you got ten thousand dollars to work out every day of the week and do extra work for three months, you wouldn't miss a day. You wouldn't miss a day. It could be the hottest time of the year. It could be the worst conditions. It could be a monsoon. It could be whatever. But what's your focus going to be on? I'm getting that ten stacks in my account. Boom. And all I gotta do is work out. Fuck, I already do that. Then we talk about priority. You talk about priority. But it's funny. Our priorities priorities will change when we get a monetary or something that we feel is worth the effort out of it. Instead of it, you feeling better about yourself, getting your edge back in your life, getting your edge back in your business. I'm going to tell you, people who are successful, they get the edge from somewhere else. It's not in their business they, they get the edge. They're using shit outside the business. I didn't know anything about CrossFit, running a gym, anything about business. It's everything I've learned on the outside of business or outside of this business has got me to where I am. It gives me my edge. From my high school guidance counselor teacher telling me I'm never going to amount to everything, it's 20-some years ago. I still use that. I, I, I sharpen my axe on that shit all the time. That will always sharpen my sword. Just to cut her fucking head off in my head for telling me I'm not going to be anything. Who are you to tell me? To the doubters, open the gym. How many people in the local area, and, and most of them are gone now, doubted that we would be successful? The gym we came from, talking mad shit, how stole all these people from his gym. This to anybody. He's mad because he knew the talent left. People who's running his shit. Our programming sucks. Our, our athletes suck. Nah, I beg to differ. Why? 
shit gives me an edge. Had nothing to do with running a business. My day, my experiences in life from job to job to the jobs I fucking hated with all my soul. But I did it because the reward was a stepping stone to get to this point. Hell yeah, I'll do it a hundred times over. I'll do it right now. It was a stepping stone in life. But we look at it, we look at this job. God, I hate it. I'm just going to give up. I'm going to quit. Okay, what are you going to do next? How are you going to get this next stepping stone? How are you going to get to where you want to be? I want to own my own business. I want to do my own thing. I don't want a fucking boss hanging over my head. But if I quit here, I got to go to another job. Then it's one step away from what I want to accomplish. We are our own worst enemy. We are our own worst critic. We are the only people who hold ourselves back the most. Not the weather. Not someone else. Not a boss. Not a person in your life. You. We are to blame. I'm to blame. For my own faults. For my own shortcomings, I'm the blame. No one else, I am. And the sooner you can deal with that and you can accept that and you can say it because it's on the back of people's minds. I made the choice not to do this today. Oh, it's okay. We're right there picking ourselves up, reinforcing a bad fucking habit. That accomplished accomplish nothing but giving us a brief moment of satisfaction. We will all do something if we get a reward. We will all sacrifice time in our life to gain time in our life if we know that's going to happen. Yet how many people don't do fitness? How many people don't work out? Just we talked about it in the uh, last episode, the mobility. You know, almost seventy percent of Americans can't do twenty sit-ups. That's a problem. Yeah. Childhood obesity: two hundred eight thousand childhood diabetics. Uh, two thousand seventeen, we're type one, type two. That's a fucking problem. We all have it inside of us, but our brains tell us. I'm already too far overweight. I can't do CrossFit. I can't work out. So what do we do? We're riding around that little fucking scooter that they have at the grocery store. You know how many people I see in that don't, that don't get your ass up and walk some of the time. Mm-hmm. It's convenient. DoorDash, I was just talking about this with Kara. Look how lazy we are as a society. We have DoorDash now. We already had fast food. Now we need something... We need fast food that now gets delivered to me because you don't want to get out and go get it. Started with Netflix. Don't want to rent movies anymore. I want to go digital. Okay, so now we put now we put blockbusters out of out of freaking um, business. These small mom and pop video stores I remember growing up. I can still smell one of them from downtown. Like. I was always so excited and so pissed off when I'd go to look behind the fucking case and that movie was gone. <laughs> no, I totally remember doing that too. And you'd go up, do you have this movie? No, when's it due back? Yeah. You can always ask when it's due back. <laughs> Tonight. Okay, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that too. I used to hide the movies. 
<laughs> if I didn't have any money, I would stop by there. I would hide the movie behind another one so I could get come back and get it. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. I wasn't going to go home and not watch that on VHS. <laughs> I was always pissed off. Oh, I didn't rewind your thing? Well, we're going to put a dollar on your account. We're charging a dollar. You shitting me. Oh, my gosh. I remember one time I forgot to return a Redbox movie, and I paid like $46 for this freaking movie. And they can't even keep it. You still got to return it. But it's about convenience, man. It's about all these things that we do. We find shortcuts. We find these things that actually, in, in the end, makes us less of a person all around. Less fit. Lose your mental edge. Lose that fucking fire. Can't lose the fire, man. Like, no matter what's against you, it doesn't matter. The whole world could be against you. Your entire life could be in, in shambles. Don't lose your fire. You can't lose it. It's so easy to, though, right? Mm-hmm. And you know about that. You've made it known. You have anxiety issues. You can have the most perfect day going on, and then what? What happens? What? You tell me. When it comes to anxiety? Yeah, you could have. Yeah, I'll you feel could have, anxious. I'm just saying, but you have the most perfect day, and now know where it just what? Yeah, it kicks you upside the head. And yeah. then what's that do to your day? Ruins it. Ruins it. You know, those are harder to control, obviously. And you know, I've talked to Jenna a lot about this. Definitely know. You know, be anxious to pull Steve from the gym here. Um, I always forgive. He's he tells me all the time. He's a psychologist. Psychologist. That psychiatrist, but anxiety, it's so crippling. Does it ever go away though? Or do you just learn to manage it? Right. And that's the thing I've always talked to Jenna about, like maybe it never will go away the rest of her life. Does that mean that you should always be crippled by it or start learning how to properly manage it? So it's, it doesn't last as long. It doesn't hit as hard, but it's still going to happen. But when it happens, each time you learn something new, right, it's it's like anything. Anytime we're faced with a problem in life, um, for example, me, I failed more than I've been successful. But through all my failures from high school to middle age to now, I'm getting ready to turn fucking 40. Holy hell. I just had a flashback of that. Like I'm over half dead, which is insane, 40, right? Then I look at my dad who's 70 and I'm like, man, I still have another lifetime. So I can look at it like I'm half dead or holy shit, I have a whole other lifetime left. And because uh, I know what I've learned in the first 40 years or whatever, not 40, maybe 30 because you don't learn much when you're a fucking kid. Like you don't even remember you know, who your mom is probably. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but that's what you can get tripped up on. I have a whole other lifetime if I live that long. And now I have all this experience. When we got shut down, I looked at it as first two days, I was like, man, this sucks. Hold on, I got it. All right, so to switch gears here. Um, I had a couple questions come in from all you awesome people. Uh, one that I'll have to answer directly was uh, good old Paul asked me, why am I Republican? <laughs> um, 
So I told him I would answer it. Uh, honestly, I'm Republican because I can be. It's pretty cool. We have that <laughs> choice, right? We can choose to uh, line up with certain policies and things like that, our beliefs. And um, I line up with, I like, I'm an avid gun person. I'm pro law enforcement, pro uh, military. Law enforcement is getting the bad end of the stick right now on every level. I think there's been 19 killed so far through these peaceful protests. Um, but I think the biggest thing is because I can. I, I don't care what anybody else lines up with. Um, it's pretty. I'm pretty, from my Facebook page to me talking to people, people kind of know where I stand, but I don't look down on people who uh, are independent or democratic. Um, I just think... Republican, independent, democratic. If you're a shitty person, I don't like you. So I know some Republicans I can't stand um, because they're just bad people. So I don't care the party side. But we all have that right and that choice. And those who demonize others for other political parties, um, they can kick rocks. And um, they got a problem, you know. You know where I live. You know where I be. All right, no. That's why. Um, So anyways... I wanted to get that one out. Jenna couldn't answer that one for me. But we have one that she might be able to answer. And it was from Brit, Brittany from here. And she asked. Asked. Um, let's see. Turning a skilled mindset into an RX mindset. Knowing when to push, go all out, pedal to the floor, and when to set cruise control and just pace a wad, right? So, Brittany is what I would consider an in-betweener. We've talked about this early podcast of uh, she's strong. She can do some RX weights, not all, but I would say most. Um, She has... Uh, she lacks some of the RX gymnastics, but has some. Um, so she's in between. She's not scaled, but she's not RX. So she's an in-betweener. So we kind of talked about this earlier. Jen has a notorious mindset of going dark in a workout. And um, do you ever remember the first time that you took that step of just dropping the hammer and like, holy crap, I just did that. Yeah, I don't know, like, the first time, I guess. Okay. But I know what I do now. I, You know what's weird, though? I don't know my first time, but I could tell you when Kara's was. Cool. Let's talk about that. I remember it was during an open workout, and I just remember it was burpee box jump overs, and that was the first time that I have ever seen her, like, not just, like, stop and, like, catch her breath or something. She like figured out her pace and she you could tell she just shut her mind off and just kept going. I don't know why I remember that so well. I remember exactly where she was. She was by the, like where Monday is on the whiteboard. <laughs> Isn't that weird that I remember that? Yeah, you know, this is weird that you just said that she shut her mind off and just went after it, right? Because yeah, like I literally could see it like in it's her crazy, brain. right? And I get to see that often either one way or the other. And um, we just kind of talked about that. We always limit ourselves. And I think that's where Britt's at right now. She doesn't know when to drop the hammer. Like yesterday, it was a pretty simplistic workout. It was 10-8 cow bike, 
10 wall ball, 7-minute AMRAP. And um, in our mind, if we come out way too hard, what's going to happen? Um... What did you say? Sorry. And we're back. <laughs> so we just kind of talked about the, the mindset. You know, we can tell ourselves to kind of shut up and just get some work done. Mm-hmm. But that's where Britt's at. We had that workout, 10-8 bike, 10 wall balls. You come out too hard. You're afraid you're going to fizzle on the on the back end or not make it through. Because it's one of those minutes. You look up at about three and a half, four minutes. You're like, oh, crap, there's still half of this thing left. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you go too easy, you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, well, I knew like the first one, obviously, I could go harder on the bike. But then after that, I knew that it would fizzle out. But I didn't want to go too hard to where I was going to fall off. So you just have to find pace. But I think I think she was focused on the people that were like in front of her watching, too. So... Kara? Um, no, Brittany. Oh. Was that who you talking about? Yeah. I, I, sorry, I didn't know oh. who you were talking about. So sometimes we get caught up pacing ourselves with others. Yeah. No, I mean, like, we were all cheering. She didn't really like that everybody was, like, right in front of her. Oh. Like, looking at her. But I think she was focusing more on something else. So I feel like if you can turn your brain off and, like, not think about anything but what you're doing. I, I if there's a song playing or... I guess it depends, like, what it is. So, let's say because of the bike. But I'll just, like, stare at something in front of me. And then I literally will focus only on that thing and keep moving. Okay. Or if it's a song, then I'll, like, listen to the song. But I don't really, like, focus on, like, this This hurts or this sucks. Because the more that you focus on it, the worse it's going to feel. And then you're just going to want to stop. You want to hear a cool thing I thought it's, that I always thought was pretty cool? What? This guy... Uh, he's talking about uh, obviously seal training. I get a lot of mentality, but um, he said, he "said head up, eyes open, stop trying to hide from the pain." Mm-hmm. And I, I'm notorious for this. Close your eyes and get after the bike. Or, you know what? I'm gonna watch. I've been forced myself to watch that fucking thing tick. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not trying to hide from it. I'm accepting it. Yeah, it hurts. Well, what I've found, as much as I hate to do it, is that every time that ticks, I'm one tick closer now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think of the opposite. Like, like got, I have so much left. Right. So I'll give you an example. When we did, it was a 50 cal bike, three minute rest. We did that for rounds. And uh, first round, I really didn't do that. And then... The next two, the 100, 100 round and the 150 round, like, I'm going to watch this bitch tick away. <laughs> every time that shit ticks, and I'm like, you know, no, now I'm getting, I'm getting point four ticks every time I hit a stroke. I'm like, oh, now I get three revolutions. I've got one cow gone. So I start playing that game. I'm like, shit, I got 10 done. I only got 40 left. That was quick. Mm-hmm. Start playing that game. Stop trying to hide from the pain. Cause guess what? My legs didn't feel. Wait, it. on the row or the bike? The bike. Oh, because I used to do that with the row. I was like, push through one leg, push through the other. 
like when you start to get tired and you can't push through both legs, which I feel like mine get tired really fast. On the row? Yeah, and then I'll push. How do you push on? I'll literally push all through one leg, then push through the other leg. Push, it. but I used to count too. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, if you do like two of those, then you'll get one calorie. One calorie, yeah, absolutely. And then I would focus on that. So it's funny, but I don't do that on the bike. Just the row. So it works for the bike. It will work for the row, or a row. It will work for the I bike. I just, I don't know. I just never transferred it. I guess. Yeah. So we have two options. We can close our eyes and do the chicken wing, like head side to side, like flailing like a chicken with his head cut off or we can stay nice and controlled head up chest up breathe you know what yep it does suck okay speaking of the bike though i do have to tell a story i uh two years ago at the arnold um we had a it was like a relay who's this story about if it's about you that's what i thought because you're cracking up so i figure it was about me no so we had a relay and i it was <laughs> you had to um pick the sandbag up and then you have to and i don't even remember workouts but i do remember this you have to pick the sandbag up you have to go to the bike bike and then come back with the sandbag and like people were like falling on the way back well no it was the first it started with dumbbell it was it was Oh, yeah, it was a 100, 100, 200 pound dumbbell farmers carry to the bike. Oh, yeah. You do. And then the same bike. It was like a 15 cow bike or whatever it yeah. was. Pick the dumbbells back up, come back, pick up a 150 pound sandbag, take it down, do the bike, grab the sandbag, come back. And then it was a relay. Yeah, yeah. Guys went, or girls went, then guys went. But I remember Brody being like, just close your eyes and count to 10. And by the time you do that, you'll be almost there. And I remember I did that and I was at like four calories or something. I'm like, bitch, you <laughs> You totally lied to me. Like I yeah, was. But, but you only had eight cows as a girl. So you were almost there. I don't remember what it was. I feel like it was longer than that. Yeah, I don't it wasn't. It was but just, I just remember Pat was like, use your arms. And I was like. <laughs> He lied to me. Like, what the heck? I didn't say you would be there. I said you'd almost be there. Yeah. Think about that. You I thought you said you'd be at like six or something, and I'm like, I'm not. You at probably six were yet. the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you probably were the first time, not the. Um, no, that was funny though. No, I think it was like 14 for girls. So it was like 2014 or something. Yeah, it was 2014. But anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. You're right. So we can play those games, but you know, with Brittany, how do you think that she could? How can she develop that mindset? I know my answer, but how? What's your answer? Of to mm-hmm. when when to push it, when not to get out of the scaled mindset of, and not that scaled has a certain mindset, but sometimes you see scaled athletes are pretty reserved and not dropping the hammer um, because of certain things. How can how can she turn that corner? What made Kara turn that corner? You think? I don't know. She just wanted it, I guess. She wanted to do better, and she was challenged, I guess, maybe to do something. I don't know. I I don't think I've ever had, like, a scaled mindset per se. I think I I feel like that sounds stupid, kind of. No, it doesn't because, first off, you, you play a competitive sport. She did not. She doesn't have that. Yeah, but, like... I don't know. I feel like the lines are so... Like, I still have to scale some stuff every once in a while. So, you can't look at it as a negative. Scaled mindset isn't someone's better than the other. Here's here's my thought process. Scaled mindset is typically you're not confident in the movements that you're doing. You're not... 
So how do we go faster, harder, longer? We we do, do think we do it more, and we gain confidence yeah. that we can. I've I've dipped my toe in the water. Okay, it's it's cold, but it's not that cold, right? Or oh man, this feels great. I'm gonna jump right in. So as we gain more confidence, oftentimes I see scaled athletes. They don't dip their toe in that water too often because they're not confident in their ability, their their skill level for a long period of time, right? Now, of course, they're better than when they first started, but when you're trying to make that transition from a scaled athlete to an RX athlete, it's kind of some unknown, right? Mm -hmm. Do I really want to go the hard where I can't, you know, my body parts go numb, okay, or I piss myself? Well, it's uncomfortable. Yes. So how do you get comfortable? You have to you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situa- situations more frequently, yeah. right? So that's what I'm saying is a scale mentality. Typically, uh, they come in and see Jenna working out. They don't want any part of that. They they're like, holy shit, that's that's awesome. Well, I don't want to do that because they've never done it. Well, once they do it and they realize, oh, I can do this, mm-hmm. then you'll start doing it more and more and more. And it's like anything. The more you do it, the more comfortable you get. The more comfortable you get, the the more fitness that you're going to get out of yourself. And <clears throat> I've told Brittany a long time, or, or since we've kind of been talking about this the last few weeks. So on that bike workout yesterday, if you didn't know how much you could go or how much it hurt, do the first round. Mm-hmm. Okay, I talked about this at the whiteboard. If you How you came off of the first round, look at your time. If you're... If you're at 40 seconds for that first round of, you know, 10-10 uh, and you felt good, do it again. If you came off and you're like, wow, I can't maintain this for another six and a half or six minutes and 20 seconds, you need to back that off just a hair. But you got to learn, you got to test stuff inside of workouts. I test stuff inside of workouts all the time. Absolutely. I, I, I'm working out here in front of everybody, but I'm testing certain aspects of it on the mental side because we're going to run that workout again that we did yesterday in two weeks, but we're going to do five rounds for time with a seven-minute cap. So instead of seven, making a seven-minute AMRAP, we're going to do five rounds for time because most people got around five rounds. And we're going to see how much harder people will actually go knowing that there's an end. Mm-hmm. And an AMRAP, there's no end. Your end is your fitness. So, I find I go harder. So Sometimes people do, but sometimes people like chippers with a straight time. They like three rounds for time or they like one time through all the elements for time because they can, they know that, Hey, I have this energy source and I can tap into it and I know there's nothing after it. I Where, think, whereas in AMRAP, you tap in the energy source, you know, there's another round after it, then another round, then another round, then another round, then another round. Right. So some people will do better. I think that just doing it and knowing like that you're okay after like, I made it through that, and, like, like I went balls at the wall for the last minute, and I made it okay. I can do that again. Absolutely. Because, well, when I was talking to Steve, um, I was we were talking about him earlier. He's a psychologist, but he was talking about how CrossFit and, like, anxious thoughts typically – they can kind of go like hand in hand when it comes to like mindset. But I feel like now I'm noticing it more. Cause like even just talking about that, it's like, um, I think everybody already knows, but <laughs> I have like 
uh anxiety when driving i don't know i just it's like a trigger for anxiety for me for some reason but uh, like the more that I do it in one spot and then I feel comfortable going through that area, I don't ever have anxiety again. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like that for here. Like once you go balls of the wall and you didn't die, <laughs> then you know that you can do it again and you'll be fine. Um, finding your pace, I feel like is just, I feel like you just have to get to know yourself <laughs> kind of, and you have to keep doing it. Like, and you'll probably mess up a lot and overestimate yourself. Maybe not like Eric. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Eric goes like so hard on the bike and then he just dies. <laughs> yeah. He does a bass backwards. Yeah. It's but <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you just have to figure that out kind of like what your body's capable of. And I think a lot of times you end up surprising yourself. I think that's why at the end though, I know like okay, I only have, like, one minute left or 90 seconds left. Like, I can I can go a little bit harder and but keep it there. Yeah, but you ended in between rounds yesterday, right? Hmm. What was your score? Six plus eight. Eight. So, you did the cow bike, but you didn't get the wall balls, right? Yeah. So, you played devil's advocate. Did you have 12 seconds of work and that seven minutes hidden somewhere that you could have made oh, up? Oh, I'm sure. And that's even if it was walking the wall wall, I don't know. And maybe if I ran or whatever, that's why I said yesterday, if somebody was really good at the bike and they could stay in like 500 the whole time or higher and their wall ball was directly behind them, I definitely think someone could get close to 10 rounds. Absolutely. Yep. Pretty close. You'd have to have a higher than 500 bike, but. Yeah, because wall balls only go so fast, right? And that's what I was talking care about afterwards. The only time you can make up time is on the bike Mm -hmm. and that's it. Wall balls are one. Your height depends on how fast your wall balls are. Yeah. Period. So Jenna has good ones. Kara uh, has good one. Kara has good ones. Angie has slower ones because she has to wait. She has to throw it higher and wait for the ball to come back down. Where Jenna and Kara are taller, they're so much closer to that line. It, it touches the wall and comes right back down to their hands. So it definitely is a lot faster by probably half of a second per wall ball. And then you take that. So that's five seconds per round, right? So you take that by five rounds, that's 25 seconds faster. What happens in 25 seconds? A bike plus something potentially, right? So you're gaining just by being a taller athlete on wall balls, you're gaining 25 seconds of work, right? So yeah, you just got to, you got to test the waters and worst case scenario, you come out too hot and you, you do less in the workout than you anticipated, but you get a key thing. Like I said earlier, you got to fail before to learn uh, you just know that, hey, I can't hit. I don't have that capacity yet. Now, the goal is, through especially through our extra stuff that we're doing now, is to teach pacing on the bike and row and to build that capacity, our bike row run, and to build the capacity of getting those those times uh, faster after the rest. Mm-hmm. And that's that, and how do you do that? you got to first off have a good baseline, and then you got to put the work in, and then – you got to retest it and see how much closer that you're getting. Cause now, right. If you say we're running a four by 400, um, and it's a, uh, two minute rest in between. Um, once I get down to a 32nd rest, you're going to be more confident in three or four weeks. Cause you've been running now for three or four weeks and 
you're going to be able to push that pace a little bit more. So then when you circle, we circle back to a two, a two minute rest, you can actually drop the freaking hammer on all those 400s mm-hmm. because your rest has doubled, tripled, quadrupled. Yeah. Right. So now then that your fitness goes up, but what you gain is the confidence of, Oh, I don't have to just that first run's like, ah, I better watch out on this one. And that's why always our last run will be faster than our first one. Mm-hmm. Why? We know it's over. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be that way. And if your last run's faster than your first one, that just shows that your first, second, and third one could have been faster. It should be within seconds, right? You should kind of hold about a 15-second variance on that if you have built-in rest, meaning if the first run was one minute, the next run could be 102, next run 105, next run 107, next run 112. It's within that 15 seconds from first to last, right? You should be in that variance. It shouldn't be a, a one, 108 run on the first one and then a 58-second run on the last one because that means you just you didn't push those middle rounds and then you end up losing time overall. So, um Oh, we have one more here. Massage. Massage therapy. Uh, is the price worth it? Uh, or is it worth the price? $80 an hour? Uh, that sounds pretty expensive to me, but I guess I'm out of the game. Um, I would say if you get, if it's once a month and you get good return out of it, it's really not that expensive. No. So. I mean, hell. If uh, you're doing it weekly, then yeah. then, yeah, we're talking a car payment. Right. So, um, but once a month, if you're getting that good of a return, then absolutely. Or maybe what you do is take it from an hour, go down to a half hour massage and maybe get it every two weeks. I think even, uh, I feel like a lot of those things too, like over time you have to go less and less just like it should be more of a maintenance. Yes. Like once a month is maintenance to me. Yeah. Like if you have an issue, you're going to have to go once a week for probably three to four weeks to kind of get that area kind of mm-hmm. worked out. But once you do it, you can, a lot of times you can do soft tissue release on your own. Yeah. Um, honestly, there's some, there's some spots you can't get into, but just like stretching massage, they can get into points. You're, you're, you're uh, pinned down against a table, just like a PT. We were talking about when your PT stretches you, it's so much better than when you stretch yourself because they're pushing down on the shoulder and then stretching your arm. So you can't have any free rotation of, like giving up certain positions to get uh, stressed out. But uh, other than that, I don't have much, man. Um, just wanted to drop, drop some motivation to y'all and basically say that our bodies are so capable and we just got to stop lim- limiting ourselves on a daily basis on every facet of life. And I'll put a poll up if Jenna's actually going to run today or not. Negative. There we go. Poll decided no other than that you got anything to add man no man nothing i'm good give me one thing that motivates you feeling good okay well there you have it that's what it is for me i want to feel good mentally i don't want to feel like a slug more alert the end awesome well there you go knowledge from jenna we'll start a new hashtag (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's so much better than most of her other hashtags. So I mean, I but, can make up something that would be crazy. Like what? I don't know. Like some really deep feelings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm out of here. I'll see you guys later. Don't forget to. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Patreon. God, you almost sucked me into your failure. Oh, wow. Sorry, guys. Wow. Uh, subscribe. Like. Share. We're not getting a lot of shares. Like, you guys used to share the shit out of this. Are we that bad now? Their shows suck that much. We're terrible. Well, it's basically you. Um, but big thing is reviews. We finally got a review. It was awesome. No, hashtag it was Team terrible. Bro. And, Thanks, Zach. Yeah, hashtag Team Bro. And um, I would like some more hashtag Team, hashtag team Bros, please. Nope. Thank you. Okay, first up, David Lukrop, <laughs> Jerry Ricciardi. Not only did he, is he a Patreon member, Swagbox guy, but he explained how to make sticky rice. Oh, yes, he did. It'll wash it, was it three or four times, and then add extra Three water. Times. Three times, add extra water. Yep. Gareth Crowther, Natasha Bowling, Meg Mayhem, Jamie Metcalf, Michaela Braddock, and Natalie Schoening. We and have, We have one box left. Yep. If you get in now, you'll get one by... September. September. Um, uh, Steve Liptak. Monica Christian, Lavana Hollyfield, Ryan Burgai, Adam Bowen, Brody Mays, Michelle Rowell, and last but not least, the coffee cup, Rick Terry. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Hope you enjoy it. If not, it's Jenna's fault. Peace. Uh, bye. Oh, bye.